I'm lining up at all over the field. You know, that I have, they haven't yet the outside linebacker spot, the auto spot, they're in base situations, and Nicola, you know, I'll come down, third down, you know, rush the passer occasionally. They got me doing all types of things, which is my skill set, which I, you know, looking forward to. Hey, everybody, Chris Harry with you on a new episode of Chargers Weekly. That voice you heard at the top was linebacker Uchenna Nuosu. I'll go one-on-one with the talented rookie a bit later. NFL Network's Marcus Grant also checks in with some valuable nuggets ahead of your fantasy football drafts. But first, Daniel Jeremiah discusses his new gig in the radio booth and this very talented Chargers roster. All right, very pleased to welcome the Chargers' new radio color analyst, Daniel Jeremiah, to Chargers Weekly. DJ, couldn't be more excited to say that. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing great, man. It's great to be back with you, uh, you know, doing some stuff together at the NFL Media. Now we're uh, back together again, reunited, reunited. Uh, with the Chargers here. There you go. It's going to be fun, man. It's a, it's a, it's a dream gig for me. It's a, it's a, a organization with a bun- bunch of great people that I have relationships with. And then on top of that, the icing on the cake is a darn good football team. Well, you know what? It was so cool for me to see all the love that you're getting throughout the football community on social media. All well deserved, obviously. Has to make you feel good. I told I was talking to my dad about it uh, yesterday. It was funny. I said, "Man, I kind of feel like I'm at my own funeral." Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of. It was really cool just to see all the different people that reached out. Some that you haven't heard from in a long time, and uh, just just a lot of really really nice things that were said. And I, I really appreciate it. It's uh, I think people just know that, you know, hey, there's very few of these jobs. You know, it's 32 teams. Um, it's a it's a huge honor and it's a it's a great great opportunity. So uh, I think people just were you know genuinely excited for me and uh, nobody's more excited than I am though. So I, I can't wait to get started. Well, I tell you, cherry on top for you. You get to do it with your guy Matt Money Smith. How excited are you about just doing this whole thing with money? Oh, I can't wait. I'm just I'm looking forward to meeting all the other people involved that I don't know yet. And I've heard great things about the whole group, but you know, me and Matt have known each other for a long time. We've been good buddies. Uh, we've worked together before. We share a, a similar sense of humor. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to some uh, to some close games and some tense moments and and having fun in that regard. But I would I'd be lying if I tell you I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that first Chargers blowout so we can let our hair down a little bit and have some fun as well. Yeah, a little fun in the second half, right? Some jokes. <laughs> Oh yeah, it'll get it'll get it'll get a little loose, and I imagine we'll have uh, you know we'll have we'll have some good times too uh, in and around the game. So we, we get a chance to go out to dinner the night before the games, together on airplanes and all that. He's he's a really good friend, and uh, yeah, follow each other. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a great ride. Well, DJ, you know you bring such a unique perspective in that you were an NFL scout. You're well connected throughout the league, and you've evaluated seemingly all the guys on this Chargers roster and the opposing rosters. How beneficial are those past experiences when calling a game? Well, I think it's definitely something you can draw on. You know, it's something I got to be careful. You know, I'm not, I'm not covering, you know, the combine or the draft now. We're covering games. So I don't want to be sitting there talking about uh, vertical, vertical leaps and broad jumps and arm lengths on, on the broadcast. I, don't think, I think that would get old pretty quick for folks. So uh, having that background information and knowing some of the personal stories with these kids, having – had a bunch of them through, um, you know, pass to the draft or on the Move the Sticks podcast and the run up to the draft. You get to know a lot of the background on these guys and the personal stories. So I'll try and tap into that a little bit. And then, and really just in the role that I'm at at the network, you know, I focus on the draft in the spring, but during the fall, watching a lot of NFL tape and breaking it down each and every week. So 
you know, that's what it all comes down to still is just doing your homework, doing the study uh, on a team you're playing that week and, and, uh, and having a good knowledge base of, of what's going on down there on the field. But I'm, I'm excited, Chris, just get back in the stadium, you know, to get back, yes. you know, that whole smell the grass thing is real. You know, there's nothing like uh, being at a live NFL game. So as much fun as I have breaking down tape, I, I just can't wait to get back in the stadium and, you know, the crowd get going and, and, and get that energy rush. Well, you know, it's the best of both worlds too, right? Because you, you have this StubHub Center experience where, you know, the fans are on top of the field. And then you go yeah. to these these AFC West games at, at Arrowhead or Mile High. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like a Sunday afternoon in the fall, man. No, it's the best, and you get to get a chance to see. You know, look, we're on the West Coast, and we know it's the we know it's the best coast now. You've been indoctrinated. Oh yeah. So you're gonna enjoy that weather, but there's also gonna be some opportunities, maybe get a little bit cooler there. On a couple East Coast trips, and yeah. uh, you get Pittsburgh, all the environments. <laughs> yeah, Cleveland's early. I did, I did. Uh, no, trust me, I looked that one up early <laughs> to see when uh, when that date fell. Uh, but you know, I have some chance it'll get. I think we're uh, we're with Seattle. I want to say a little bit later on too. You never know what you're going to get up there. But it's it's all the different stadiums in the NFL provide a little different environment. And I've been a darn near all of them, just from a, a scouting uh, standpoint, going out and scouting guys in the preseason or. Uh, different assignments, but uh, man, I, I have not. I have been to StubHub previously for other events. I have not been there for a Charger game because I've been doing the studio show at, at NFL Network uh, last year, last several years. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing that environment. I've heard it's very unique and and just a. It's not something you get to experience very often as a as a fan to just be that close to the action in such a uh, a unique setting. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a blast. It, it starts. September 9th against the Kansas City Chiefs. But before that, training camp, right around the corner. A lot of things to like about this 2018 Chargers team. Where do you start in discussing this team? What excites you the most? Well, I think at any team, you know, my philosophy and kind of what's been shaped from the teams I've worked for, uh, especially going back to my Baltimore roots, is that you start on the defensive front and you start at the quarterback position. And, uh, and I think this is something that gets you excited if you're a Charger fan. You've got a premier championship caliber quarterback in Phillip Rivers, and you've got you know arguably the best pass rush duo in the league uh, in Ingram and Bosa and a bunch of other talented players on that defense. So uh, that, to me, is where you start. you got your quarterback to go out there and get you a lead, and you've got a defensive line to be able to close out games. So that that's a good place to start. And a lot of other young, talented players I'm looking forward to seeing Selfishly, you know, guys I loved coming through the draft process and I have high hopes for, you know, guys like Mike Williams being healthy and having a big second year. Uh, Derwin James, who was one of my favorite players in the draft class, just was a gift to the Chargers in this year's draft. Uh, see some of these young, talented players get ready to, to take off in their NFL career. That's going to be fun. You know, on defense, you mentioned Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Joey Bosa's 23. Melvin Ingram's 29 in the yep. prime of his career. Very rarely in the NFL do you have that combination of Pro Bowl edge rushers and then Pro Bowl corners in Casey Hayward, mm-hmm. Jason Verrett coming back, and then you got Trevor Williams and Desmond King behind those guys. How much better do the corners make the edge rushers and vice versa, especially when they're Pro Bowl talents to begin with? You know, it's a great question. It's been debated forever. We've debated it in uh, personnel departments around the league. Uh, coaches have their different philosophies. You know, how do you start? Do you, is, is it more important to start with the rush or to start with the corners? You get the rush, you don't have to cover as long. Uh, if you have the coverage, you have more time to get to the quarterback. So I, it's a chicken or egg thing. But I think, look, look inside the division not too long ago, and you see 
you know, how the Denver Broncos went and won a Super Bowl. They, they had everything with that Wade Phillips group. They had corners, they had depth at corner, um, they had premier corners, and they had, uh, you know, you had Vaughn Miller coming off one side and DeMarcus Ware coming off the other. So you don't have to go back very far to find the ideal situation, which is have both, you know, have, have the corner talent as well as the pass rush talent. That makes the life easy on everybody. You know, the draft, less than three months ago, Chargers went defense, first four picks. You mentioned Derwin James. You had to have had an eyebrow raised when number 17 was up, Derwin James was still on the board. Yeah, I mean, I think it was going to take long for them to turn that card in. Uh, Quick, yeah. It's one of those deals when, when, you're, when you're playing around with different mock drafts, and at one point in time in the process, I had him going to the Chargers, and I remember even doing it, going like, oh, I'm going to get ripped for this because there's no way on earth he's going to fall to the Chargers, but, you know, it was just kind of a dream scenario when you look at his skill set in that system with Gus Bradley. I mean, he's he's made to play in that defense. So uh, it was uh, it was something I don't think the Chargers, if you if you gave uh, uh, Tom Telesco a little truth serum there and said, do you think there's any chance at all that you're going to see Derwin James in the first round without moving up? Uh, he probably would have said you're crazy if you'd asked him a week before the draft. You know, DJ, I honestly think he did say that. I think they did like a mock draft before the real draft, and I don't think there was a scenario in which James was on the board, if I'm not mistaken. I have to go back to his press <laughs> conference, but I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, look, it's weird things happen, though, you know, and that's what you need. When you're a team that's knocking on the door of the playoffs or you're a team that's trying to take that next step, uh, you need a little luck. And uh, and I think that's a great that's a great example of it right there. Get a player you didn't think you had any shot at, and he falls right in your lap. Well, you mentioned Philip Rivers. He makes it all go on offense, coming off his ninth four thousand yard season. How would you assess the weapons around him? Obviously, losing Hunter Henry is is a big yeah. deal, but the cupboard is not bare by any stretch. No, I think when you look at it, you know, especially if, if Hunter Henry had been able to stay healthy, I think you'd be saying this is the this is the best group he's had around him since very early in his career you know with a with a young Antonio Gates and a, and a still young LT but this still is a great group and, and to me the, the key is kind of Mike Williams taking that next step um, Keenan Allen has really established himself however you want to rank him you want to say he's top uh, look you can make an argument say he's top three top five I don't think You've pulled many people that say anything other than a top five, top seven at the worst receiver in this league. You look at Tyrell Williams with the big playability, uh, can take a little shallow cross and go with it. Travis Benjamin's got the elite speed. Um, they've got a lot of different weapons they can throw at you. Now, the, the key is going to be what happens at this tight end position to complement everything you have on the outside. Can uh, you know? Can Virgil Green step in and? and be a key player or is, uh, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. You know, who knows? Maybe we see Antonio Gates back for one more round. DJ, last thing for you. Give me a position battle or a storyline that you're going to follow during training camp. Something Chargers fans should keep their eyes on when they go out to Costa Mesa to watch camp. Well, there's a bunch of them, but I mean, look, Uchenna Nuoso from, uh, from USC coming in there, I believe in the second round. Yeah. Uh, is, is really, really talented. I mean, he's a high school safety that moved to, to linebacker at USC, played with his hand on the ground. He could stand up, play off the ball. He's really a versatile player that's just a great athlete. And you got Emmanuel coming back there. You know, that's going to be a fun one to watch how they try and incorporate all these different pieces. Um, you know, we'll see at the, at the linebacker position as well as Tavis, if he can come back and kind of recapture that magic he had two years ago. So the linebacker position 
and uh, is one I'll definitely be paying attention to. And then we'll see what happens at the tackle position as well. I feel really, really good about this this interior you've got right now. When you look at Pouncey coming in, you look at Feeney, excited to see Forrest Lamp healthy. Um, but if I was going to give you kind of a one name off the radar, maybe a little bit that people aren't talking about or focusing on, I'll see Sam Tevy uh, and see what he can do out of, yeah. out of Utah. He's a big man now. So I'm anxious to see him out there. DJ, I can't say it enough, man. I'm so happy for you. I'm so pumped for the season. And like I said, I, I think I mentioned this to you off here. I'd like to see a move the sticks field trip, get Bucky, get Sully out here at some point, maybe at the at the Hope Performance <laughs> Center. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that that's gotta happen. That's 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 gotta happen. Although I think I might have to play a a peace broker because Bucky and, and Casey Hayward had a little beef going <laughs> I'm, back. I'm and noticing forth now. this. We gotta, we gotta. Wow, Lee. <laughs> I don't know what's gotta, going I, on I, there. I told him on the podcast today. I said if I gotta be Dennis Rodman in this thing and try and broker a piece, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna have to do. We but, may have uh, to televise no, it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, anyways, I'm I'm looking forward to to getting in the building, get a chance to meet all the folks that that I don't know yet, and uh, the, the season can't get here fast enough. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the of the month before camp, and uh, we'll see you out here shortly. I appreciate you, buddy. I'll see you soon. So the Los Angeles Chargers schedule is out, and boy, it's nice to finally know how we'll be spending our Sundays this fall. How many Charger games did you make last year, Matt? I made 20. Four preseason games and 16 regular season games last year. Which are you circling for this season. This season, I'll circle the Niners and Cardinals as they play the NFC West. And let's not forget about those rivalry games, P. You seriously don't want to miss this. Visit fightforla.com or call 877-CHARGERS to share Matt's experience. Season tickets on sale now. All right, as promised, rookie linebacker Yuchenna Nuosu joins me on Chargers Weekly. Yuchenna, I believe, fresh off a Hawaiian vacation. How are you, my man? I'm feeling good. I needed that vacation. What was the best part of that vacation, man? I saw I saw the pictures. I saw the dancing. I was told specifically to ask you about the dancing because I think we retweeted it on Chargers.com. I, the dancing was actually kind of difficult. <laughs> My legs were starting to get a little tired. I didn't know they had to have strong legs for those types of dances. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? Oh, that was at the Polynesian Cultural Center in Hawaii. It looked like it was a blast. And obviously, man, you deserved it. So much has happened since the last time we talked, I think I had you on the day after you were drafted. You fast forward to now, you've had rookie minicamp, you have OTAs, you had minicamp with the vets, so many off-the-field responsibilities. Describe the last three months. last three months have been crazy, you know. You never really got a full year to really relax. You know, Ever since last season, or uh, my, my senior year from uh, camp, through the season, through you know the senior bowl, through the combine, through visiting teams, you know, just the whole year, really, the whole last year has really been crazy, you know. So, finally getting the time to relax was pretty nice. But, you know, still, just, I'm happy to be here, happy to get started. You know, just I'm happy to live out my dream being in the NFL. Eugenio, what's been the highlight for you thus far, just just in these short three months before we get to training camp? My highlight? I've had a lot, man. It's been a wonderful time. But I'll say the highlight of my time here is probably just, you know, being around these guys and, you know, seeing how, you know, it's not really as bad as everyone thought. Like, everyone's all, you know, all the vets are, you know, old and grumpy and some of the top rookies. You know, it's not like that at all, you know, especially when not with this team. So it's a highlight to see that that's not true and everybody's warm and welcome to be ready to work with each other. 
you chanted the bond with your teammates, that brotherhood. It's it's so important on the journey towards that ultimate goal, which is of course winning a Super Bowl. How close have you become with the fellow rookies in this class in, in just this short period of time? We become pretty close, you know. Just you know how the rookies have to stay a little bit longer for workouts. So I think that made us even closer. You know, we were always close, but you know we stayed in the same hotel the whole first couple of the whole first month and. We've been hanging out with each other. We have spent a lot of time with each other. So I feel like that's really important to the rookie to establish that relationship with one another as fast as possible to get as comfortable as possible. You know, the first four picks, including yourself, all defensive players, describe what you've seen out of Derwin and, and Kaiser and, and Justin uh, during off-season workouts and, and what you think that they're going to bring to the defense. Yeah, Rob, we have a lot of versatility. You know, Derwin... He's, he's athletic, he's strong, he's big, he's a very big safety who can also play in the box. Kaiser is a more athletic ex safety who also plays in the box. So you know this defense is looking for speed, definitely, with the amount of you know speed of Derwin and Kaiser being an ex safety. So and we have a young we have a young defensive lineman like Justin who's, who's very athletic for a guy his size. He moves really well, he's also really strong. So you know, I think speed is very big emphasis and everybody brings that to the table here. Chana, what what are your initial impressions of playing in this Gus Bradley defense, and how much did you know about this defense before you were you were drafted by the Chargers? Um, I actually played a similar defense like this in college. You know, where um, we kind of ran the same scheme, one gap scheme. Everybody holding their gaps. Um, I pretty much did the same thing. You know, covering tight ends here and there, rushing the passer, blitzing. You know, doing doing those things. So, you know, it's, it's, to me personally, to me individually. Pretty much the same scheme. I'm happy to be able to play in the same defense. What do they have you doing? Where where are you lining up, and, and where do you feel most comfortable at this point? I'm lining up all over the field. You know, I have they have you at the outside linebacker spot, the auto spot. They're in base situations, and Nicola, you know, I'll come down third down. You know, rush the passer occasionally. So you got me doing all types of things, which is my skill set, which I you know looking forward to. You know, I think at USC, one of the things that I really admire about about your game is just those pass deflections, getting your hands on the football. It's so important in the NFL, especially in this defense, when you have playmakers all over the field around you. Where does that knack for getting your hands on the football come from? Is it something you work on, or is it just something that's really instinctual? It's something we worked on every day at USC. Um, I mean, I had a lot of them, so I think also it comes from a little bit of instinctual, but it's something that we worked on every day at USC. A guy like Ryan Kerrigan is who I, I really compare it to, like the guy from the Redskins who defensive end gets his hands on the football at the line of scrimmage all the time, and, and it leads to big plays. I, I have to imagine that your your teammates are excited to play with you just because they're, they're, there's going to be opportunities to get their hands on the football. Definitely. You know, everybody eats. That's what I like to say. Jenna, how has it been having a guy – like Hayes in the locker room, another Trojan, has to be comforting. And then when you look at all these veterans, are there a couple that you've gravitated towards and just improving your craft and, and learning from? It feels great to have, you know, Hayes in the locker room. You know, like you said, a fellow Trojan guy I played with before, you know, so I'm kind of not entirely new. Well, I am entirely new, but I, I can, you know, have somebody to talk to a lot easier than maybe some other guys do. So that's all that's helpful. And it's, I'll say the guy I look up to most, Right now, the team's like very like show. I show them they work hard and um, just like all about their business. And some guys really want to emulate it. Uh, is JB Joey uh, Bosa? Uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Jatavis Brown. Oh, Jatavis Brown. Okay, another JB. Yeah. 
he just works hard. He's a very quiet dude, very humble dude. Doesn't say much. He just goes to work and shows up every day, and I like that about him. He always comes to work. He's a good man. He's just you know, that's inspiring to want to be like, and I'm trying to, you know, be like, not not say be like him, but like, you know, emulate somewhere around that so I can be, you know, very efficient. It's got to be comforting, and I think you mentioned this at the top. It's got to be comforting to come into a locker room. You know, this was a great defense last year, but but to have the character and the integrity and and some of these vets that that welcome you with open arms, as opposed to all the things, all the preconceived notions that you may have had from other people telling you things, it's got to be a good feeling to come in here and just have those veterans in your corner. Definitely. Uchana, we have a week until training camp, man. It is creeping up. What are you doing over these next several days to prepare for camp? Just making sure I'm staying in shape. You know, people feel like they, you know, some people out there feel like they need to go out and hit the weight room pretty hard. I mean, it's good to get you, you know, get the legs going, but I feel like staying in shape is the biggest part, you know. Just make sure you're in shape, make sure you can run, just, just make sure you're, you know, available, taking care of my body. Yeah, that's really what my focus is, just, you know, just keep staying in shape. How cool has it been for you to just be around this USC program, just be up the road? You know, we got a big season ahead for the Chargers, but I imagine you're going to get some Trojan Trojan football games this fall as well. Oh, definitely. I'll definitely about the Trojan games. I'm mad, though, because the games I wanted to go to or games I was looking forward to the most were like Stanford and Texas, but those are all away again, so <laughs> I'll, find, I'll find something else. UCLA, I think, is away again, but that's up the road. So Yeah, you're still good there. Yeah. I'm looking at the schedule right now, so what do we got? We got Washington State at home. We got Colorado at home. Yeah, the big-time the big time games seem to be on the road. Texas and Austin. Uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame's around yeah, Thanksgiving. Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry about them. But Stafford, I, I, have, I hate Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see them. I want to see them beat Stafford live. You know. <laughs> I know. Well, wait, wait. Let's see. Let me see. This is the. Oh man, that's the day before the the opener. You can't get up there. Nah. Uh, no way. <laughs> Jenna, I want to get you out of here on this man because I know you're a big Laker fan. LeBron is now a Laker. I saw you tweet. Uh, I think the day he signed or the day he announced he was signing. And you, you said something interesting. You said no new Laker fans, but I know for a fact you got a couple guys in your defense that are strictly LeBron fans. So <laughs> what's your message to them? I don't want to I don't I don't care. I don't care if you're a LeBron fan. Don't 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 say nothing when the Lakers win the champion. I don't want to hear nothing about <laughs> well it sucks. Well now you can't be a LeBron fan no more. Cuz that means you're going to be a Lakers fan. You got to be a. Hey, if you're purple and gold, you're purple and gold. It's not just one player, right? That's what I'm saying. I got to explain that to these boys, man. <laughs> How long have you been a Laker fan, Chen? Your whole life? My whole life. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bean Bryant. What, what's yeah. your What's your favorite Laker memory? Favorite Laker memory is the time I skipped school to go to the parade. <laughs> Which one was it? The one you know, at the Coliseum back, you know, or the the one the next year? The one the next year. I think that was like 2000. What year was that? Maybe like, what was that? That was that year he had Trevor Ariza and Sasha Vujicic and Meadow. I forgot what year was that. I think that, that was, was twenty. I think that was twenty ten. Twenty ten was when he had yeah. Metal World Peace, and uh, that was the year yeah. they beat the Celtics. Yeah, 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 yeah. That year. Yeah. I skipped school to go to the parade that year. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, hey, purple and gold are back. Chargers are back too, and you're going to play a big role on that defense. I can't thank you enough for your time, man, and we will see you in camp in just a week, bud. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for your time. All right, fantasy football season is essentially here. It's time to start thinking about your drafts 
And joining me now, one of fantasy's finest, Marcus Grant of NFL Network, NFL.com, joins me. Marcus, long time, man. How you been? Doing well, Chris. I'm glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. How's Culver City treating you? Uh, it's fantastic. It's, you, know, you know, it's bright and sunny and the sky is blue and we're talking about <laughs> football, so it can't be all bad, right? No, it's all good, man. Well, hey, today I thought we'd home in on the five Chargers that we know are locks to be drafted over the next six weeks. But I wanted to start with some general thoughts, some quick-hitting questions for you. And the first is this, Marcus. When I say it's time to prepare for your fantasy draft, what are the first few things that pop in your head? Because I think a lot of people listening have just started or have not even started their preparation. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is, you know, everybody wants to know who's going to be the number one overall pick. That's always like the first question that we get when people start to really start paying attention to fantasy. Uh, I think the answer to that is there's no consensus this year. I mean, it could be, uh, you know, it could be Todd Gurley. It could be Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I think you could even have people tell you that it's Antonio Brown and that wouldn't be terribly wrong. So, you know, that's one of the things. I think the next thing is, to start to figure out who those sleepers are, those kind of unsung heroes, those lesser names um, that could end up being you know, maybe league winners or at least weak winners for you because that's, that's the key, right? Like everybody knows who the big stars are. Oh, yeah. If you're getting those guys that, that nobody's paying attention to that end up blowing up, those a lot of times are the difference between you winning a championship or not. Well, Marcus, as we sit here, middle of July, who are you targeting number one overall? If you had the number one pick today, who are you taking? Right now, I'm, I am on the Todd Gurley train um, just because of what the Rams did offensively last year uh, and the fact that Gurley was in the center of it. I mean, a, a guy who puts up 19 touchdowns, uh, nearly 2,100 total yards in an offense that is continuing to get better with Sean McVay. Um, he's just a do-everything guy in a, in a league where there aren't a lot of those at the running back position. So he's my number one with uh, Le'Veon Bell, of course, you know, uh, holdout pending uh, slightly behind him. What's your approach with Le'Veon Bell? If, if this stays the way we think it's going to stay here over the next several weeks, I think there may be a little apprehension of, of taking him with a top two, top three pick. How do you view that, Marcus? I think a lot of it depends on what he's doing as we get closer to training camp. And, you know, his, his agent has said that he may skip training camp but expects to be there for the bulk, if not the entirety of the season. Um, I, I think if he, if he is committed to showing up week one, I'm fine with using a top three pick on him. If he says he could sit out part of the season, you know, then we start to reevaluate that a little bit. I, I, w- I would understand, though, if we start to see a little bit of apprehension, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him drop a little bit in drafts, but I still I still have a hard time thinking he falls completely out of the first round. You know, of course, I think another burning question among fantasy owners, it's always the quarterback and the approach, the strategy, I guess, if you will, to, to drafting a quarterback. It's such a deep position, Marcus. What is What are your initial thoughts on just the quarterback position in general? Because, listen, I, I could see a guy that's like the 15th quarterback off the board that could easily be a top 10 fantasy quarterback when it's all said and done. Yeah, no, and I think that's the reason that the consensus has become recently that it's okay to wait on a quarterback. Um, you know, and, and look, I understand. You go out and get a guy like Aaron Rodgers early. I did a couple years ago. I, I got Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round, ended up winning a league, and it worked out. But there's so much depth at that position that by taking a quarterback early, you could be missing out on some value somewhere else on your roster. So, you know, if you, if you don't get you know, an Aaron Rodgers early or, you know, Deshaun Watson has become a popular name, Tom Brady's still up there, it's okay. You can wait until the ninth or tenth round and still get quality guys, you know, like, uh, 
I would say Kirk Cousins, although he's starting to go off the board early, but Jimmy Garoppolo is a name that, that is hanging around late that could be popular. Uh, Matthew Stafford is always a good option later in rounds. Even Phillip Rivers, who long for a long, long time has been one of those, you know, wait on a quarterback guys who has been productive. So it's possible you can hold on to the double digit rounds and still get a quality player at that position. Yeah, I mean, guys like Matt Ryan, I mean, even even Patrick Mahomes to a degree, when you, you look at the weapons that he has, you add Sammy Watkins to the mix, there's a lot of potential outside the top 10. So I agree with you. I think it's it's always good to, to take that wait-and-see approach. In terms of hype, there's always a guy that we're over-hyping, we're overvaluing going into a fantasy football season. Who are one or two of those guys? Um, I, I, I feel like in as much as I love Jarek McKinnon and, and but I grew up as a 49ers fan, so I'm excited to see them kind of bounce back. I think we started to get a little bit too excited about Jarek McKinnon right now. I think his value is starting to rise maybe a little bit too much. Um, you know, I, I think there's still some question marks about what's going on with the Colts in general. I mean, I think people are still, uh, I think, a little optimistic about T.Y. Hilton, and a lot of that has to do with what Andrew Luck does, whether or not he's healthy and he looks like the Andrew Luck we saw a few years ago. I mean, I think right now people are very optimistic about what he could be. And I mentioned Deshaun Watson. I mean, people have him right now as the number two quarterback off the board behind Aaron Rodgers in a lot of leagues. And look, we all loved watching. We loved watching him. The dude's a, a lot of fun to watch, but he also has a very small sample size. He's coming off a knee injury. Um, and so you just, I just wait to see what other defenses do about you know adjusting to him and whether or not he's able to adjust back. So I like his talent. I like his ability. I don't know that I would take the risk and make him the number two fantasy quarterback right now. In the same breath, Marcus, who are we sleeping on? Who, who are the undervalued guys heading into 2018? Um, you know, I, I've started to really come around. Yeah, I, I mentioned Jerick McKinnon is maybe a guy who's getting overhyped. I think a guy like Pierre Garcon in that offense yeah. is maybe getting slept on, and maybe part of it is because he got hurt last year. Uh, and we sort of forgot about him a little bit. I, I think you know he can bounce back and play very, very well in that Kyle Shanahan offense. Um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of later round guys. I think you know we, we've kind of gotten really excited about Rashad Penny in Seattle and forgot about the fact that Chris Carson played really well yeah, last he's year. He's pretty good, and you know. He's pretty good, and at least as of this moment, um, you know the, the talk is that he is the number one running back uh, on the depth chart there in Seattle. So you know maybe we should start to give him a little bit more love. I mean, look from my perspective, the fact that he's still hanging around in the double-digit rounds, you can get a starter that late. It's pretty exciting, but I think you know in the interest of full disclosure and trying to help the people out there, just hey, keep an eye on Chris Carson. You know, Marcus, one of the one of my favorite things to do in a fantasy football draft is, is roll the dice on rookies. You know, and we know Saquon Barkley seems to be a consensus first-round pick, but beyond Saquon, who should fantasy owners keep tabs on in the rookie class? Um, I think I think a lot of those running backs can be very productive. I love Ronald Jones, um, you know, partially because I'm a USC alum, so call me a homer if you will. That's but fine. I think he fits. I think he fits nicely in that offense uh, and what they want him to do there. Um, you know, I, I think Nick Chubb potentially has some some run there. I mean, the, the backfield in Cleveland looks very crowded right now when you've got Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb. But I think Chubb will uh, will work his way to the forefront when it's all said and done. Um, you know, I think at the wide receiver spot. I, Keep an eye on Michael Gallup, and he's a guy that you can get really, really late, or you can even get him off the waiver wire as a free agent. But with so many guys gone, with Dez gone in Dallas, with Jason Witten retiring, with them really kind of rebuilding that offense, I think Michael Gallup has an opportunity to see a whole lot of opportunity uh, in the Cowboys' offense. And then one last one, rookie tight ends generally don't do a whole lot, but 
if there's a rookie tight end who can perform this year, it might be Mike Gesicki, uh, the guy out of Penn State who, who was a stud for the Nittany Lions and I think can be a very productive player his first year in the NFL. Lastly, Marcus, before we get to some Charger stuff, who's the undrafted guy that everyone's going to be kicking themselves for not drafting? Gesicki could very well be that guy. It could be a rookie or somebody under the radar. Uh, but, you know, even outside the rookie conversation, maybe maybe a player that we're not talking about right now. Wow, that's a good one. Um, who's hanging around kind of late? I mean, I think I think you're looking probably more at tight end spots. Um, you know, I, I've had a soft spot in my heart for David Njoku. Um, there were the Cleveland Browns who, you know, kind of started to flash a little bit last year. Yeah. I think could really take a step forward this year. So he's, he's one I would keep my eye on. I think rookie wise, I, I, I was talking to somebody today. I think before the end of the year, I could see Lamar Jackson as the starting quarterback with the Baltimore Ravens, uh, especially if Joe Flacco continues to struggle the way he has the last couple of years. I wouldn't spend a, a draft pick on Lamar Jackson, but I keep him. I keep that name in my back pocket in case things kind of go sideways in Baltimore early. Yeah, monitor what's going on in camp. I lot maybe Deshaun Watson, you know, coming into the mix week two, right. week three. But uh, Lamar Jackson could be a very interesting fantasy selection this year. Marcus, let's get to some Charger stuff. Melvin Gordon seems to be the first Charger off the board. You know, if you're in a PPR, maybe it's Keenan Allen. But looking at NFL.com's uh, ADP. Melvin's right around nine. He had over 1,500 total yards, 58 catches, 12 total touchdowns last year. Is nine too high, too low, or just right for Melvin? I think it's just about right. I mean, I I think, you know, depending on your league and and, uh, how people draft, you'll see him off the board probably late first round, early second round at the latest. If he's somehow hanging around to the middle of the second round, something uh, is a little bit wonky in your league. But, yeah, he's going to be that first guy off the board, mostly because there are only a handful of really true bell cow workhorse-type running backs. Um, And if you have an early pick, you want to try to get your hands on one of them, and Melvin Gordon falls into that category. Do you cuff him with Austin Eckler? You know, I think Austin Eckler – is something entirely different. You know, I think he's like a eight to 10 touch guy, even independent of Melvin Gordon. Um, there's another guy, Justin Jackson here, who, who was really a bell cow at Northwestern. Uh, when you select Melvin Gordon, do you automatically have to cuff him with Austin Eckler? No, you don't. It's, it's interesting. You asked that question too, because I think there's a, a growing debate among fantasy analysts about the value of, of handcuffing in general. And it's not yeah. specific to, you know, the, the chargers just about, you know, whether or not it's worth spending a draft pick on a guy who doesn't necessarily have an easy path to a lot of touches. And, and we know that Melvin Gordon is going to occupy a lot of those opportunities. So maybe, you know, for all the ability Austin Eckler has the, the eight to 10 touches per game might not be enough to warrant spending a draft pick on. So, you know, I, th- I think a lot of more people are starting to go to the consensus that handcuffs maybe aren't the best use of some of your draft picks. But at the same time, Austin Eckler is a name that a lot of people know and are starting to pay attention to just, you know, sort of in the event, you know, you never wish injury, but, you know, we know they happen in the NFL. And so just, you know, as a, a precaution, uh, just as an insurance, he's a name that you have to pay attention to. Let's get to Keenan Allen. His ADP, around 16, I believe he's the sixth wide receiver off the board, according to NFL.com. He had 159 targets last year. Marcus um, really broke out. I think he set a Chargers franchise record for receiving. Uh, What are your thoughts on Keenan this year, especially when you consider Mike Williams is coming back and also Hunter Henry is out for the season? 
Yeah, I mean, I love Keenan Allen, and, and I think he's definitely a, a easily a top ten wide receiver, and, and if things break right, it could be a top five fantasy wide receiver. You know, he's a guy that I like early in the second round. I think 16, 16 seems a little bit late, even. I would take I would I would take a chance on him a couple of spots earlier than that, but. Uh, what we saw from Keenan Allen last year is I think what we hoped, what everybody hoped to see from him early on in his career, obviously he had some injury issues and, and that slowed him down a little bit, but you know, he's going to be fantastic. He's obviously the top target in that offense. Uh, you know, maybe even more emphasis now without uh, Hunter Henry being there. I will say though, I, I do like Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams will have a very nice year this year, obviously with no Henry there, um, you're looking at a situation where the Chargers are going to have to go with three wide receivers probably a little more often. And so I think you can see a situation where Mike Williams starts to break out. Well, let's get to Williams because he was featured in your latest column. I think it's entitled The Best Fantasy Football Players That You Were Not Drafting. And this is the thing about Mike Williams, Marcus. If you go back to his last year at Clemson, 11 touchdowns, 10 of them came in the red zone, right? You take Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates out of the equation here, uh, that's 23 red zone targets that Gates and Henry had that I think Mike Williams is going to occupy this year. Obviously, Keenan Allen led the, led the team in, in red zone targets, I believe, with 24, but Mike Williams is going to have a lot of opportunities to score in this offense. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you know, obviously last year he, he wasn't really much of a factor for a number of reasons, but I think this is an opportunity for him to step out. And I, I, I feel like he was going to get more opportunity this year anyway, even if Hunter Henry had been healthy, but this certainly yes. opens the door for him to really kind of have a breakout season this year. Like I said, uh, no Hunter Henry. I mean, certainly, you know, certainly no two, two tight end sets, but a lot more three wide receivers on the field for the Chargers, and that, that bodes really well for Mike Williams. All right, quarterback, I think we talked about it a little bit at the top. Phillip Rivers, 13th quarterback, according to NFL.com. I think we undervalue Phillip a little bit every year. And to your point, he's always the guy that's like, okay, if you're going to get a quarterback late, Phillip Rivers could be that guy. He's coming off his ninth 4,000-yard season, probably his most efficient season. His turnovers were down. How do you see Phillip fitting in in the fantasy equation? I think I think Philip Rivers is going to be who he's always been. I mean, he's that guy. You obviously know that you know, on the field, he's an extremely intense competitor, a guy who's going to go out there and try to make plays and want to win. But I think you know, I think you're going to see what we see out of him. A guy who's around 4,000 yards will give you decent touchdown numbers. Uh, as long as he can keep the interceptions and the turnovers down, he'll be fine. And again, he's that guy. You know, you're looking at a quarterback. It's the you know, tenth round, and and you're trying to finally get your quarterback. Philip Rivers is as good an option as anybody that's going to be out there at that point. Last one here, Marcus. We can talk defense, right? We talk defense special teams a little bit. Sure. I mean, this this is a Chargers defense. When you have two Pro Bowl corners and two Pro Bowl edge rushers, and then you add a guy like Derwin James to the mix, a lot of sacks, a lot of potential turnovers, a lot of opportunities to score. What do you think of this Chargers defense? I know this is one of the last things you do in a fantasy football draft, but this is a defense with a lot of potential it is and it's it's become you know sort of everybody's favorite analyst favorite fantasy analyst favorite uh, fantasy defense because yeah. you know everybody you know everybody is out there and they're rushing to go get the jaguars and the rams and you know and all the, these teams like that the chargers have loaded up and they have a very good defense and, and the things you mentioned you know sacks and turnovers are the two things you need to have a successful fantasy defense and the chargers have all the ingredients to get those things if they can you know somehow turn those into some touchdowns on the other side as well uh, you know whether it's pick sixes or kick returns what have you then that's an added bonus but i don't know that enough people have caught on to what the chargers have done which is great if you're drafting um you know so we can just keep it our little secret because yeah. the chargers really are a they're a fun 
sleeper fantasy defense this year. Marcus, you're the best man. What do we got cooking on the fantasy side at NFL.com? I know you're all over the place. You do the podcast. You do some writing. You're obviously on NFL Fantasy Live on TV. Uh, what do we have in store in 2018? Well, you know, with the podcast, uh, we'll be back, and we'll be back uh, twice a week starting in August. Uh, NFL Fantasy Live is back. Fantasy Live is back on TV uh, starting August 9th. You can find us on NFL Network. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm at NFL.com writing as well several times a week, uh, and I'm, I'm on more social platforms and probably should be legally allowed. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out there. Come find me. <laughs> What's your what Twitter handle for everybody? Uh, Marcus G, M-A-R-C-A-S-G. Keep it simple. Marcus, I hope to see you out of camp. We talked offline. Got to get you out there for, uh, for a practice or two, and we'll be in touch during the season, bud. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Chris. All right, that's going to do it. My thanks to Marcus, Uchenna, and DJ for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, and while you're there, please leave a review. Help spread the word. A reminder, we are about a week out from training camp. 14 open practices at the Jack Hammett Sports Complex. It all starts Saturday, July 28th, 10 a.m. Visit chargers.com slash camp for all the details, and we look forward to seeing you out there. Have a great weekend, and until next time, I'm Chris Harey.